2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Locked
0: on. Locked on. Locked, Locked. Locked on. Locked. Locked. Locked on.
1: Locked on. Cowboy. Locked on. Locked on. Cowboys. On Cowboys podcast part of the locked on podcast network thank you for tuning in I am your host Marcus Mosier you can follow me on twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier and joining me today as always is Landon McCool you can check him out on twitter at McCoolBCB. you can also listen to him on the best coast boys po- podcast Landon what is going on sir
0: Not much. We are uh, arrived at another Monday, Uh, just uh, unfortunately not a Monday that is going to be taking us to Indianapolis and seeing uh, weigh-ins and times and all that. So uh, uh, we're going to make do with what we've got and uh, sift through the uh, information, some of it uh, good, Mm -hmm. some of it not as good as we're usually getting uh, this time of year, and just try to Part as best we can and see uh, what what we can make of these prospects uh, that are coming towards us in the NFL draft this year. Yeah,
1: we're going to talk about the X XLS Combine. Uh, we're going to talk about some you know mock draft Monday, some prospects that the we, we, the Cowboys should keep an eye on. But before we do that, Landon, get some big news out of the NFL. Right before we jumped on the show, uh, JJ Watt announced on his Twitter account that he is joining the Arizona Cardinals on a two-year deal worth up to $31 million with $23 million guaranteed. First and foremost, right, this is a surprise destination for Watt because we thought Green Bay, maybe Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Cleveland. So for him to end up in Arizona is quite the surprise. Uh, what was your initial reaction on the deal? Uh,
0: that he must really love DeAndre Hopkins because uh, <laughs> that's really the only tie that I could seem to find between, you know, J.J. Watt and Arizona. I mean, uh, I think... He, uh yeah, there's a lot of speculation about Green Bay because he's from Wisconsin. there's a lot of speculation mm-hmm. about Pittsburgh because his brothers play there um you know and I think that there was a couple other teams that seemed more uh uh that high, seemed higher on the list right that mm-hmm. seemed uh, a little bit more uh kind of fitting what our outside perceived uh uh you know fits were for him um and then at the end of the day it, it, you know he signed with a team that you know he got a nice little contract for no doubt Uh, and it's a team that, uh, that really needed defensive help. I I think the the thing that was striking to me is that, you know, I think Arizona is, uh, is, is a team that's on the, it's on the rise. It's got a young quarterback. It's got a young coach. They're still trying to see exactly, uh, how well that, that whole situation is going to fit. Um, I don't know. I mean, you tell me, Marcus. Do you feel like that they are a team that is like a Super Bowl contender right away? It just feels like it's an odd fit for a guy that may want to try to like win a Super Bowl pretty soon. And and maybe he doesn't view himself as being you know that close to the end of his career. But it, it that that side of it felt like an odd fit that this is a team that is still kind of building and not not so much like ready to strike
1: it feels like the cardinals are following the the ram strategy of team building right like superstars over depth and you know uh quantity right they traded for deandre hopkins uh they went out and got jj watt they're they're just looking for these big superstar splash moves and i kind of can't blame them I, I i don't know if jj watt's the the missing piece for this team to become a super bowl contender but uh I don't know. I think this is a good move, but it's, that's a lot of money, Landon. And we can turn this around to a Cowboys discussion. Now yep. looking back in hindsight, knowing what the deal was, you know, $15.5 million per season for a, what, a 32-year-old uh, edge rusher slash defensive tackle, would you have made that move if you are the Cowboys? I probably
0: wouldn't have. I mean, I, I think J.J. Uh, Watt is a guy that we talked about. Love to have him on the team. You know, with that kind of money, with the, where the Cowboys are right now, the, I mean, it would have taken incredible, gym, uh, you know, s- financial gymnastics just to get to him under the cap right now. And, Which and they that's could have what
1: done. F- they could have yeah, done.
0: Yeah, they, they could have done for sure. It, it's just it would have taken a lot to get it done. And then on top of that, you still got to deal with Dak and, and what how that's going to hit your cap. Is he going to be a a, a one year hit as a salary cap, or are you going to be able to sign into a long term deal and spread mm-hmm. that out and make it more flexible? So, without having that done first. I have a really hard time thinking that the Cowboys would have been able to, you know would they are are they financially able to do the deal? Yes. Yes. Would it have been prudent to do the deal before they did the Dak deal or figured out what was going on with Dak? <laughs> Absolutely not. Cuz I just don't think that they would have known what they could have paid him or how the contract could have been structured and now suddenly you're already trying to structure what is going to be a very complicated Dak Prescott quarterback contract mm-hmm. around and also very complicated JJ Watt uh, contract. I just think it was a bridge too far.
1: The the other thing is if you're going to spend free agent dollars, and again, I have no problem with doing it with Watt, but generally you want to spend that money on guys that are going into their primes, right? And not guys that are on the, the, the tail end. I mean, Watt's been absolutely phenomenal, but there's no doubt he's dropped off over the last couple of years. And then on top of that, he has an extensive injury history. So yes. there's a very, very real chance that Arizona is going to be paying you know, $32 million for a guy that plays maybe 15 games over the next two years. And that's got to be uh, one of the bigger concerns. If the Cowboys are going to go out and spend that amount of money in free agency, I would rather have it be on someone like a Leonard Williams, right? Who is still, you know, peaking, who's still getting better as a player that doesn't have the injury concerns, even though you might be getting a lesser player right now would not be surprised by week eight of the 2021 season. If you're not getting a better player, that's at least my direction or my thought process. What's yours?
0: Yeah, no, I think it's a real risk first reward with JJ Watt. I mean, you, you clearly, if he's healthy, you get JJ Watt. And and even at, at this stage in his career, uh, he is a, a, a good player. He could still affect the game. He still is going to uh, cause pressures. He's going to disrupt. Uh, he's you know he still has the juice. I, I think I think what you describe though is the is the very serious downside of, of him missing half your season and you know you basically giving away and throwing away uh, you know tens of millions of dollars on on a on a free agency contract and, and having to replace that player with with the, when there's an injury situation. Uh, it's not ideal. And and it, and it's a guy that, you know, has had a couple of these kind of injuries recently in these last few years. So it's a major concern. And so I think for the Cowboys, they need to make sure that if they're going to sign that kind of money, uh, that they're getting the production, that they're not just, mm-hmm. you know, they can't afford to have a bunch of dead money, which essentially would, what that would be if he was injured. Uh, uh, on the cap and, and not producing a, a, on the defensive side of the ball. So if the Cowboys are going to sign that kind of big money deal, I agree. I think that they need to sign it to a guy who they feel a lot more confident was going to be on the field more often than, than J.J. Watt, uh, even if they don't maybe get a, a, a generational-type player like J.J. Watt.
1: And I think it's also worth noting that the Cowboys are in a little bit of a different stage of their roster yeah. building, right? They already have, I mean, uh, several quote-unquote stars that you've already paid, right? Ezekiel yeah. Elliott, Amari Cooper, three offensive linemen. Correct, three big offensive line contracts. To Marcus Lawrence, Jalen Smith. So you've got a lot of these guys on bigger contracts. What you need to find are quality, depth, and starter pieces, right? So of that 15 and million, you could potentially find three starters on defense. Yeah. And I know a lot of people get tired of Stephen Jones and Will, you know, Will McClay and their franchise building strategy of, you know, just you know, trying to save every penny in free agency, but they just have had some bad luck. And but that's the way I think they need to attack. Correct?
0: Yeah, I mean, especially if you're going to attack free agency, that's the way to attack it. Especially for the Cowboys, you try to fill three holes reasonably well, then mm-hmm. taking a big swing on one hole. And and you know, yes. worst the worst case scenario out of all those is that you take the big swing. You sign the guy, JJ Watt does what Gerald McCoy did and gets injured before the season even starts. And now you're out all that money and you don't have the player.
1: Yes, this team, the Cowboys are not one JJ Watt away from being a Super Bowl contender, right? They're five starters away on defense from being a Super Bowl contender. And I think that's the direction and the focus this team is going to have over the next month.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
3: The 2020 NFL season might be a wrap, but there's still plenty of betting to be done. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. There you can bet on all kinds of sports, including football, basketball, baseball, golf, hockey, MMA, soccer, tennis. The options are limitless. Whether you're looking to bet live game lines, player prop bets, or team futures, BetOnline.ag has it all. Don't waste another minute and go check out betonline.ag and do not forget to use our promo code locked on so you can get your 50% welcome bonus and you can roll in the cash alongside with us again that's betonline.ag promo code locked on
1: all right lena let's switch gears to talking about college prospects and we had some uh, some fun over the weekend uh is it the exos camp that's the, the camp where a lot of the top elite players in the country go to train, they work on their speed and their combine and pro day testing. And we saw some absolutely insane numbers from their camp over the weekend. One name is Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver from Minnesota, running in the four threes. Uh, We saw a defensive tackle, I believe, Milton Williams, uh, 6'3", 286, ran in the four sixes. Um, First and foremost, Landon, how much should we or shouldn't we trust uh, some of these numbers coming from the training camps?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't trust them at all. I mean, I, look, I mean, I, I don't understand. Someone's going to need to explain to me why a training facility that is being paid by these professional athletes to help them train for, you know, good combine numbers, for good testing numbers uh, and and get, you know, basically paid. And their reputation is based on how well they're able to improve your your stock or improve your speeds. Why would they be trusted to, to, to give you solid numbers? Why would the NFL trust it, to, these solid numbers? I, I, I'm well, hoping I can that... tell you they don't.
1: The, the NFL yeah, good. teams absolutely do not. You, here's what it is, really, Landon. It's to get these guys in the news cycle. Rashad Bateman is a perfect example, right? He runs a 439 on Saturday afternoon, and now there's a million articles trending or you know written yes. about Rashad Bateman. He's the number one trending thing on Twitter for an entire day. It's what these camps are supposed to be doing. But do NFL teams trust them? Absolutely not. They're only going to trust times that they hand-time themselves. Because even at the combine, right, Landon, they have electronic laser timing at the combine. And guess what? The teams don't trust those times either. They bring their own scouts and time them. So why are they going to trust these ones here?
0: and the combine doesn't care who, who, who what, what everyone runs like the combine like the nfl combine the people that run the combine they're agnostic to whether or not you you, you run well or run poorly so yeah, they're not it doesn't really do matter yeah. to them yeah so yeah, yeah. i like if, if you can't trust the 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 unbiased people at the at the combine i don't know how you're going to trust the the foxes in the in the hen house at the exos facility so yeah i i think it's i think the, there was a stat that someone put out not uh, on twitter that said something like uh there were 14 players that ran under, uh, what was it, 4 4 last, in last year's combine or something like that? Mm-hmm. And and so far at the Exos combine, there's been four, which is, you know, of of like.
1: as our like, friend Joey Egg exactly. he He had, to, it was 12 players last year ran thank in the you. four, was it the four threes? Yeah. And four of them ran already at this Exo camp. It's just, it's crazy. So, just as a general rule of thumb here, Landon, when it comes to pro day timing, and it's different than what we have here, but in, Pro day timing, I always like to add, what, 0.06 to, to the hand times, and it seems like it gives us a more accurate representation of how fast these guys run. What, what do we do with these camps when we're getting these kind of numbers? Like, what kind of adjustments do we need to make? I just think, you know, I mean, it's hard. Like,
0: Because that's the thing is that even, even your rule of thumb – I don't know that that was is what I would add to Ohio State's track or you know some of these super no, fast no. you know downhill 38 yard 40 tra- yard tracks like yeah, I, yeah. I mean so I I you know I guess my general advice to myself would be you know maybe they're self comparable maybe you can kind of triangulate close to what the people's speeds are by trying to base them you know relative to other positions and kind of get an idea mm-hmm. like of a self-contained system of how fast these guys are i mean you certainly can't compare them to previous combine times or or anything mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that and, and really you know marcus maybe what this ends up end, ends up doing is hastening Teams from moving away uh, from the 40 yard dash and trying to go back into. The much more valuable GPS speed timing, uh, speed uh, uh, results that they're getting from some of these GPS trackers that a lot of these college uh, schools have. I think as that becomes more prevalent, and it's not very prevalent right now, but as no, as no. it becomes more prevalent in college football, I think you're going to see that teams are going to start relying on those, you know, GPS trackers that give you very good indication of how fast these guys are moving on the field, as opposed to you know this event that. I mean, it's just it's it's gotten more and more ridiculous over the years that we continue to kind of do it, and now it's hard to take any of these numbers seriously. And if that's the case, we've kind of broken the 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 hmm. cycle of constantly going back to these forty times. Maybe it's time to just do a clean break and and start having you know a, a judgment on based on a little bit better information gathering from the GPS tracking than opposed to. Uh, a a track meet that these guys are you know are training for for three months uh which is not something that they actually will ever do on the football field
1: so are there any numbers that we can trust out of these camps because yeah, i'll give you an example of why i don't always trust these numbers the the way that arm lengths are measured at the combine compared to pro days we've seen before in years past you can get an inch and a half difference in arm length depending on who's measuring, right? Depending on what part of the shoulder you're starting your measurement. So, are there any numbers here that we can trust at all?
0: I mean, I think I think the are the height, weight, arm length stuff is actually probably some of the more uh, trustworthy stuff cuz at least i don't think it's being actively fudged you know what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah, yeah. i, I, I it, it probably falls within the realm of 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 measuring error as opposed to uh you know like i think of <laughs> i think of tony romo kicking the football while the uh while the rest are trying to place it and, and whatever the yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. the 40 yard dash equivalent of that is is you know them kicking the the 40 the the finish line a yard closer to the start you know, I just think that I, I think that the measurements are probably, uh, especially if they're done in front of scouts. I think those are probably a little bit more believable. I, I, I'm just not going to publish, but I mean, it's not going to believe published uh, 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 training school scout uh, tra- training school numbers. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I, 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 I'm sure the 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 tests are fine, and, and scouts are going to be able to get there and get hand time numbers at times, but. Yeah, I, I'm not just taking what what Exos gives me as, as 40 times and believing that that's the absolute truth.
1: I guess I'll trust their bench press numbers because I can typically trust them to count to 25. That's probably true. That seems, that seems fine, and I would say the broad jump and the vertical jump; those numbers would be pretty easy to to keep consistent. But they've got hollow dum-
0: dumbbells inside of there. There's, got, there's, there's filled there with hair. It's just like, whoa. there you go.
1: Um, <laughs> Just one more quick break to tell you guys about Bilt Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors and a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first box at builtbar.com. Let's transition over, Landon, to Mock Draft Monday and a player who did perform really well at one of these training camps over the weekend, and that is cornerback Caleb Farley, who was the uh, who was the picket number 10 for the Cowboys in a recent pro football focus mock draft. Uh, I saw a video of him this weekend Running a four two four forty yard dash, which would be the fastest in NFL Combine history, is that what you saw? Um, yeah, I mean, I saw the I video saw the video that it. was
0: labeled as four two four. Yeah,
1: I think there was like a Supruder film, and some of the little you know, the little clips or red frames were taken out of it to make it look faster. But um, first and foremost, do you believe that time at all? And what do you think about that potential pick at number ten?
0: I mean, no, I don't believe that time. I, I, I do. I think that he can run a four two forty potentially. Like, I, I do think he could probably run a. 40. I think
1: he's closer to like a four three five guy
0: though. Yeah, I would say that. That's if I'm predicting. Yeah, I would say that. Can he run that a sub four three forty? Maybe he has incredible athleticism. But mm-hmm. I mean, you have to think about like the people that run four two forties are like. World class athletes, track guys. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. professional track guys, like not just guys who do it. Uh, in An off season to try to get drafted higher, like guys who uh, are sprinters by trade and happen to play football. Sometimes I think uh, of like
1: nicole Hardman from yeah. for the Kansas City Chiefs. He is like a you know world class sprinter, well, and he even ran in the four threes. Who's Schwartz?
0: Threes. Anthony Schwartz from Auburn. Yeah. I, I I'll believe him if you tell me that he ran a four. Yeah, two. sure. Like I'll believe that. But you know sure. I, I don't know. Like I, I agree. I think he you know uh, uh, Farley's a, kind of a bigger guy too. So I I you know I think four three five it would be. Blazing fast at 6'1 plus at 210 plus or whatever Uh, it is. Yeah, like that's plenty, plenty fast for his speed. And, and, you know, to kind of get to where we're going. I don't know that this is a guy who necessarily needs to uh, run a four two to be uh, you know in the top ten conversation. I mean, you see nope. you see it on tape with this guy that he has skills. He's got uh, incredible athleticism, rare athleticism, especially again for a guy his size. Um, and and really, you know, once he kind of fully learns what he's doing at the cornerback position, uh, if he can take his game to that level. Uh, Physically, he will be as uh, athletic as any cornerback in the league, including Byron Jones. You know, so I, I think the 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 speeds, the, the the measurements, you know, it's really kind of with, with especially with Farley, it's confirming what we know. We, you see it on tape. Yeah. There's no surprising. There's no surprising there. I, I think honestly, that's going to be the thing. That is really going to be missed this year more than anything. I'm not going to believe the top end numbers and all that stuff. I mean, you know, just because of all the reasons that we just said. The thing I'm worried about is that we're not going to get those numbers that throw cold water on us that make us realize, hey, maybe this guy doesn't have Mm. the the kind of requisite athleticism. It's those guys who are the technique players
1: that. You worry about their 40 times that you worry well, I can with- tell you how we can find them though, Lannon. It's it. the guys that don't run. Yeah. I if, guess so. if your guy isn't running. It's because he's got a bad time, you know. Yeah. Uh, fast guys want to show off how fast they are. Slow guys don't, so they're just not going to run. So
0: especially this year, especially it's this year, because they can fudge the numbers,
1: you know. Like yes. so, if you can't, if you can't, if you can't run a good forty when they're
0: fudging the numbers for you, then uh, you probably are, are not quite the athlete that everyone thinks that you are.
1: Yeah, it's also a reminder that we have Pro Days starting this week, this Friday. Kansas has their first Pro Day. Shout out to Puka Williams, a fun little running back prospect out of Kansas. Uh, But starting Friday, we're going to have basically every single day uh, information to dive through. I think these Pro Days are going to be more highly anticipated than ever because we didn't have a combine. So we're going to get all this information every single day. Uh, and we're going to be discussing it all here in the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. Before we go, Landon, I want to talk about a potential pairing with Caleb Farley because I do feel like it's a very realistic pick for the Cowboys at number 10. Now, if they do go with Farley, who would be the ideal guy to pair with him in the second round? Is it a Richie Grant, the safety from Central Florida? Is it maybe an offensive tackle because offensive tackles might not stretch until the third round? Is it a linebacker or a pass rusher? Who are you looking to pair with uh, with Caleb Farley in this draft sequencing that we are always talking about?
0: Yeah, I think for right now, I'm probably good with taking another defensive player in the second round. I mean, I, I think you're you're right that the, some of those top end offensive tackles probably aren't going to stretch into mm-hmm. uh, to 44, but maybe they will. I mean, I, oh, I think there
1: 70. That's my biggest con- fears. Like, you might 70, get yeah. One, yeah, you might get one that gets to you at 44, but middle of the third round. They're just not going to be available.
0: You know, I think what you'll get there is probably a developmental guy, you know, a guy that's got some traits, but seriously has some a ways to go. And, and maybe that's what the Cowboys need to get at offensive tackle at this point, anyways. They're not quite in the dire situation, it sounds like, that we, uh, we're we worried that they may be. So, you know, all reports so far have been pretty decent about Tyron and Leo Collins coming back next year. Um, so I, I think those are all uh, concerns that have kind of. Uh, at least allowed us to think about offensive tackle a little bit later in the draft than maybe we have been discussing earlier on. So for me, uh, if Richie Grant is there at 44, take him. If uh, you know, Barimore somehow falls to the, there, which I doubt at this point cuz yeah, he's DT1, that, yeah. take him. More, yep. But but I think you know, there, there's guys like that that you know that are that are upper echelon that you know, top about bottom end of the first round guys, defenders that could fall to you. Uh, and that's what you should be looking at because, uh, you know, like I said, unless one of those top offensive tackles falls, unless you, you really get a uh, someone who's like, you know, a blinking light, you know, at mm-hmm. 44, that's an offensive tackle um i think you can you know your defense needs still needs help and i think you can kick the can on offensive tackle probably one more year and offensive tackle to me is starting to be a position like wide receiver where we've had a couple years in a row now of very solid offensive tackle classes i i have a feeling that we can we're probably going to have another one next year just based on some of the guys i'm seeing that are potentially coming out next year
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say the the one position that I'm really eyeing in the second round now, Landon, is defensive end because it feels like there's a lot of guys, maybe not in the top 15 or 16 picks that we love, but from picks 20 to 45, yeah. there's just a lot of names in there. So maybe one of these, Aziz Olari from Georgia, who we talked about on a recent show, maybe he falls into the early 30s, and that's a guy you move up and get because he can be a starting end in the NFL. Maybe a Carlos Basham. Uh, You know, there's a lot of different, you know, maybe Pay or Jason Owa from Penn State. Those are the guys that I'm starting to look for because if I can get a corner and maybe potentially a starting defensive end to rotate in with Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory, that's where my attention is as of right now here on March 1st. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Cowboys. You can follow Lane at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. And we will see you next time.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason,